Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time is most appropriate for you as you are tuning in. Welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. I am so excited just to have another opportunity to do my podcast. This is a beautiful day. It is the day that the Lord has made. And I don't know about you, but I am rejoicing and I am glad about it. I have a special guest here with me today and I haven't had this person by my side in a while on my podcast. And I'm actually featuring one of his instrumentals entitled Milkshakes. And you told me it ends with an X, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So yes, um, my young son, Christian, is joining me in the studio today. And let me tell you, I made the mistake of asking him to join me today. We came upstairs, I'm going to say about a good 30 minutes ago, just to do a short episode. And guess what? It's been about 30 minutes that this tech professional in here acting like Quincy Jones has to get everything just right. I think we've had about what? 50 takes by now? Yeah, that or more. Okay, yeah. So we've already determined we probably won't be working together in a production studio, (laughs) but I'm happy to have him. Nonetheless, many of you probably have heard some of my older episodes where I have had Christian on. You know that he's my star child. I say my star pupil. Um, homeschool student. He makes me so proud. And so I wanted to first and foremost publicly thank Christian for all of the things that he does for me. He looks after his mom. He takes good care of me. Uh, I mentioned uh, a few times that I'm experiencing some health challenges and Uh, It's been a little different, right, these past several months. A lot of um, going back and forth to the doctors and physical therapy and things like that. But I am so grateful to have a caring teenage son who who doesn't mind, um, you know, helping out. And so I went back to the emergency room yesterday dealing with some, you know, inflammation and things like that. And it was important for me to get checked out, uh, you know, because of the diagnosis I received. And so when I came back in, I was there for a little over four hours. I was supposed to rest. (laughs) And I have a little bit of um, difficulty kind of resting, but... Christian is kind of like my patrol guide. He's kind of like a, a unofficial police officer that tries to, you know, keep me in line. And it was pretty funny because <laughs> I was supposed to be resting and I was, you know, laying across the sofa for a little bit. And 
he's always challenging me. He's like, I want to see if you can actually rest for a little bit without finding something to do that, you know, breaks your rest. So he went upstairs to clean the bathroom and he hears some spraying near the door. He came running down the stairs. He said, I know I don't hear you spraying down here. (laughs) Well, I was on my way up the stairs and just a few days ago, uh, the workers brought in my new refrigerator and they kind of scraped the tile, you know, on the floor going out the door. So, you know, I was trying to spray it and I said, well, I wanted to just spray it one more time. He took the bottle. He said, you give me the bottle. You give me the mop. You go upstairs. He was like, you just do not know how to rest. So he's really trying to, you know, keep his mom in line. And I so, so, so appreciate that. And I appreciate you, Christian. So what I wanted to talk with you about, because it's been, do you even remember the last time you've been on? I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say probably like New Year when we played Monopoly. Was that when I beat you? Yes. And you said you were going to beat me? Yeah, I think I did too that day because I think I remember yeah, mentioning did. that you said that you would beat me and I would be announcing to my podcast. Or, yeah, I remember that now. Okay, so it's been a minute. Why don't you update us on your Roundhouse series? Tell us what's going on uh, with with that. Okay. Well, uh, it's a five book series and I have all five of them completed, typed out, and I have three published. I just published my third one, and I'm going over it to make sure that everything's good before I release it to the public. Okay, and when you say that you just published it, where are your books published? They're published on Amazon. Okay, and so I have all three copies in front of me. Um, Once we publish one of our books. I order a copy for us to see how it looks, to get a feel for it. You know, we go through it and we check for any errors or changes that need to be, you know, done before I put in the order for the books. And so I'm looking at them. They all look so wonderful. Roundhouse, the first uh, book is just titled Roundhouse. That is the opening for your series. And the second one is Roundhouse 2. And what is the subtitle on that? Revenge of the Moonlighter. Okay. And I'm I'm looking at this cover. I am loving these covers. And what's so amazing about it is that you are also the artist. You are so gifted, so talented. Um, He draws his own characters. He names them. He puts a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of thought into this work, you know, especially for someone who really does not aspire to be an author. He still just really wants to be a filmmaker. But anyway, I digress. And so just tell a little bit about Revenge of the Moonlighter. And that character that you created. Which? which, which Moonlighter. Oh, okay. The Moonlighter, of course, is the villain for the second book. 
and basically he comes and he just appears and he commits a crime that's really close to David, the main character who is Roundhouse. And um, yeah, the, the, uh, the premises of the book is more so like a detective story. He's trying to figure out the Moonlighter's plan and who he is. Okay. And I'm looking on the cover, you have a picture of Roundhouse and behind him is a picture of the Moonlighter. Really, really cool um, characters and the outfits and the colors. You did a really, really good job on this. And then we move to your newly published book, Roundhouse 3. What's the subtitle of that one? The Rise of Science. Okay. And so who are the two characters standing behind Roundhouse on this magnificently designed cover? Well, behind him on the right is standing the Moonlighter. And on the left is a new character, Dr. Vector Eric Zenon, or Dr. Vex. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about Dr. Vex? But I have one request, since you love to do this so much. Can you talk in the accent that you created for Dr. Vex? Tell a little bit about his background. Yes, I'm putting you on the spot. Okay, well, Dr. Vex is British. <laughs> so let's hear in that British accent about Dr. Vex. Well, Dr. Vex, he is a scientist from London, England, and he is like the greatest scientist in the world. So... David doesn't trust him at all because he knows that he has like limitless, uh, limitless power. And also, um, his power, like he does like a bunch of crazy stuff. So basically the whole premise is David wants to make sure that Dr. Vex doesn't become a mad scientist. Okay. So I have to hold my laughter and I, I get this all the time. He comes and he talks in this accent at unexpected times. And sometimes I'm just not in the mood to be laughing, but he makes me laugh so much. So as you can see, my teen is just so talented, so blessed. I'm so proud. Um, and so these three books are on Amazon. And in a few months, you'll be putting up Roundhouse Four. Can you give a little sneak preview? Not too much, but what what is the subtitle, if any, and just a little bit about that book? Okay, so the subtitle for Roundhouse Four is the Techno Threat, mm -hmm. and basically, there's a mysterious supervillain that David is trying to figure out his plan, and he doesn't know much of anything about him, and he could possibly be the most powerful villain of all. Okay. Why did you name the villain Techno Pyra? Because his powers are technology, basically. And, you know, I thought about the word, you know, empire. Empire is, you know, a thing that you might think, you know, magnificent, you know, an empire. Uh, sounds, you know, pretty villainous. So the Techno Pyre, technology, and like, you know, he wants the world to be his empire. So hmm. very interesting. How do you come up with these concepts? when you want to name your books and your characters, is there a certain process that you go through, certain type of research? Yeah, pretty much. So basically since they're like 
thousands, if not millions of heroes and villains, I have to think of names that might be like cool. And then I have to look up, research, make sure that it's not already taken. And if it is, then I have to go back to the drawing board. You know, this might go on for days or weeks even to try to figure out the names until I find something that's not taken and there's something that is uh, wordy. You know, I can't just like put anything. Mm-hmm. So if it's good, if I like it, and if it's not taken, then I use it. After you run it by your mother. Yes. <laughs> to see what I think. Um, actually, you just did that this morning with another book. And so, very good. I want to just spin off real quick and talk about another project that you just picked back up because you were working on it and then you literally told me on many occasions roundhouse is just burning in me and i you know being a writer as well i was trying to get you to finish what you started because it was so good. I felt like, well, I don't want you to lose your momentum and the ideas behind you. Like, mom, I I got it. I will get back to it. But Roundhouse is just burning in me. And so I watched you for several months for a long period of time. Like over a year now. Well, no, several months. I know how long it is taken, but can I finish my thought on my show? (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Um, I watched you for several months with your wheels turning, um, you know, coming up with all these concepts around house until you just got to the point where you were just like, all right, mom, I I can't take it anymore. I, I made a decision. I'm going to stop writing on this one. I have to get roundhouse out. And I said, okay, then that really is a passion. And I know you really have to follow it. And for a while I was a little disappointed because I was really starting to get into the other story. And I, I will honestly admit today, I am not the least bit disappointed. In fact, I have my copies of roundhouse right here on my book case. I've read through it. I've taken the book out. I've read it at the park. You know, I'm always telling people about it. I'm so proud of your work. But now talk a little bit about that project. Okay. So just to, you know, make it more, a little bit more understandable. Um, as you know, I'm homeschooled. So when I was young, my mother started having me write stories and I would get like the notebook pads, like the, you know, with the line paper, uh, the rude notebooks. And I would start, I had started like so many books before, but the thing is I would never finish them because, you know, for whatever reason. So anyway, um, there was one day, a couple of years ago, maybe like two, three years ago, I decided I'm going to, uh, I'm going to start a novel and I'm going to finish it. And that's where this other book, uh, came in. It was originally called The Space Rebel. And so I started it. I started typing it. And then, of course, that's where Roundhouse, that's where I started getting ideas for Roundhouse. And then, you know, after a while, I stopped and I wrote all my Roundhouse things. And over that time, I've developed in my writing skills and that sort of thing. So uh, when I finished the fifth and final Roundhouse book, then I started on this book and I changed the name to the orbit kid. So that's pretty much how that originated. 
Can you tell us a little bit about the Orbit Kit? So there's a, um, there's a kid who lives in New York with his family. And basically... Not Philadelphia, huh? But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> basically, he finds out from the president, which, like, he overhears the president talking about it, that there is a life-threatening, actually galaxy-threatening threat that could end the entire world, if not the galaxy. And basically, he wants to prove himself. He wants to be a hero. He wants to save the galaxy. But, of course, everybody doesn't think he can do it because he's too young and he wants to prove himself to the president that he can be a superhero to save the world. And that's pretty much the premise of the story. There's a lot of stuff that happens inside of it that I can't get into without spoiling stuff. Right. That's why I only wanted you to give a little bit. All right. It sounds good. Um, as usual, I cannot wait until you finish. Like, he is so busy. Um, we're busy. We have a lot going on. I talked a little bit about my health challenges, but... You know anything about me, about us? I've put out, wow, this is well over 200 episodes on this podcast, but then I also have the recorded episodes for Reset Today. And I've talked a great deal about many of the things that we do, that I do. Um, even illness cannot keep me down. And I don't even really think of it, Christian, as, as an illness. I, I say health challenges because like many other things that I have faced, that we have faced, that people face, it is a challenge and challenges come to everyone. And so here I am, I'm sitting here, my son knows I've been experiencing a little back pain and things since I woke up this morning and you know, the doctor prescribed some new medications and I try my best not to uh, take them. I took one pill so far, uh, one ibuprofen, and I'll pretty much deal with it. Nothing can stop. First of all, the hand of God is to God be all the glory. It is a, uh, there's a scripture that says it is in him, in Jesus, that we live, we move and we have our being. I'm sitting here doing this today because this is like. It's like a, a punch thrown back at the enemy. Oh, you thought that. ABC was going to take me down. You thought that you were going to be successful in what you're trying to do. You thought that this was going to stop me. You thought that I was going to give up. You thought that if you applied enough pressure, you would make me want to quit. Listen, that is not in me. I'm not even talking just from the, the Christianity standpoint. That, that's a whole nother story. I'm from Philadelphia. I am a Philadelphian. And not only that, I grew up in North Philadelphia. That's a pretty tough place. 
You'd have to, to know about that environment to know you, there are a lot of famous people, a lot of celebrities, and I don't want to start naming people because I'll forget, but Teddy Pendergrass comes to mind, you know, Patti LaBelle, my Shiro, uh, love her voice. Uh, Patti LaBelle is from Philadelphia. We have so many, um, so many people who were, born and bred there. And, you know, it's ironic. I'm, I'm going to end this um, very soon because, you know, like I said at the beginning, we spent so much time getting set up because Christian had to have everything just right. And we had to keep stopping and starting and stopping and start. So I don't, I don't want to be long, but about, I'm going to say about five years or so, I ran across a childhood friend that I hadn't seen in many years. We grew up in the same neighborhood, saw this individual all the time. And it, it just was so ironic that I'm, I'm at a park around the corner from my home. I was with my husband and my son that day. And, you know, we were out in the park doing some things and sometimes we even would take his lessons on nice days and we'd go out to the park and, you know, my husband would play sports with him. We do things like that. He always loved to swing. And this particular day I was talking to um, a lady who lives right over there that I know. And we were, you know, having a conversation and this, this guy pulled up in this truck. It was like a work truck and you know, we noticed him, but we continued to talk. And uh, after a while, I'll fast forward because I don't want to be very long. But after a while, we were about to leave the park. And I, I was talking to her for quite some time. And so when Christian ran over to the car, he said, Mommy, I'm thirsty. And I said, well, we um, and, you know, the truck was parked near our car. I said, well, we're going to go home and we'll get something because the water in the car is hot now. And so the windows were down and this gentleman heard our conversation. You know, my husband's at the car and he just steps right out of his truck and he says, here you go. Uh, I have some cold water, it, you know. So we're like, oh, OK, well, thank you. But when he spoke, something jogged a memory and I froze. I literally froze in my tracks because when I heard that voice, I was like, nah, couldn't, couldn't possibly be. And so he kind of, you know, noticed the look and he was like, you know, is, is it cool? You know, I guess he thought that he did something wrong and it's like, well, I'm kind of trying to be nice here, you know? And I just said, I, I'm sorry. I said, you just, um, I said, you just remind me of somebody from my past. So, you know, now my husband's like, well, who, <laughs> you know, you looking at this guy, like, who are you talking about? So he was like, well, you know, the gentleman was like, well, who? I said, nah, it's, you know, like there's no, there's absolutely no way that you could be this person. This went on for a few minutes because I just was like, I just couldn't hear myself saying it because, you know, I knew he would have been like, well, oh, okay, no, I'm so-and-so. I didn't know his name, didn't ask his name or anything, but something about this dude looks so familiar. And when he spoke, it took me back to those playground days, you know? And um, he said, well, well, I mean, who you, who do you think I am? Who? And I said, 
it just couldn't be. So he said, well, who? So I said, okay. I said, we used to call this guy Muggy. And he took off running and screaming. No, no, uh-uh, no. So now I know that that's who it is. And I'm just like, seriously? So we go through this for about five, 10 minutes. He comes back, he hugs me. And we're like, no, uh-uh, no. He, and so my husband's like, well, who, who is he? Who are? And so now we're trying to calm it down to tell the story. And he's like, no, no, this is not you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And to be honest, other than, you know, he's not skinny like he was back in the day. And I'm not, you know, we were kids. I know he's a little older than I am, but um, he, he was just so familiar. And I'm just like, this is so crazy. So we had to get caught up on, you know, what we had been doing. I had been here first. So, you know, I've been here almost 21 years now. And so we're talking and getting caught up. And then he goes and he calls some of the people from the neighborhood. Like you would never guess who I just ran into. And, you know, we're talking and then come to find out, we talk a little bit more. I know his in-laws. I know his wife. His mother-in-law is like the sweetest lady, um, Cheryl. She actually was the manager when I first moved to Virginia. I met a lady who was good friends with her and she talked to her for me and Cheryl put me in my first and my second apartment that she managed here in Virginia. She didn't just put me in there. You know, we had to do the application and all of that kind of thing, but she was such a blessing and such a help. And I had known her, you know, since that time, 20 plus years. And I knew her husband who actually uh, worked maintenance and worked the grounds and everything like that. Just a beautiful family. And then after a few years, she moved to another property and I still used to go visit her sometimes. And once in a while I'd run into her, but just so happened a couple months ago now, Muggy and I lost touch after a while. We kept in touch for a little bit. Life happened. And so I didn't see him and, you know, we weren't talking. And so a few months ago, I'm going in Walmart on a, you know, a late afternoon. And this man walks out and he's like, oh my goodness. He said, ma'am, do you remember me? And I, I look, cause I'm now I'm thinking he's, he's confusing me with somebody. So I said, I do. I said, you're very familiar, but I, I honestly, I don't remember your name. I know, I know you. He said, yeah, it's been a minute. He said, but you're not going to believe this. I was just thinking about you a few days ago. He said, I was like, I wonder whatever happened to that lady who lived, um, you know, in the apartments right there, you know, she had kids. He said, you know, you had nice kids. And I, I just was wondering whatever happened to you. He said, and now you're crossing my path. He said, that is so bizarre. He said, but now I'm good. Now I see that you are right. And so I said, you know, what's funny? I said, I know you're now, I think I, I think I accidentally said your stepson. I said, but I know you're basically your son-in-law. He said, how you know him? I said, we grew up together in Philly. He said, get out of here. He said, well, this is his son. So I had the chance to meet his son. I said, oh, that's a little clone of him. And he's like, yeah, he's like his daddy. He says, daddy is a good guy. And, you know, we just talking. And so 
he told me where he worked. And I said, oh, I, I don't believe this. I was there. I was at, I'm not going to put his job information out there. <laughs> Stalker alert. But um, I'm not going to put his information out there. But I was somewhere back in February. And in passing, I heard this voice going by me. And I thought, and I said, nah, there's no way he'd be up in here because I know the last time I saw him, what he was doing as far as an occupation or whatever. So I said, nah, that's not him. Just brushed it off and come to find out it was him. So guess what? I ran into him again and we started talking and, you know, all he did was speak very courteous, but he just said, how you doing, ma'am? And I heard that voice and I, I turned sideways and just looked. I said, muggy. And he started cracking up. Come here, girl. Oh, my goodness. So we had a chance to catch back up again, pick up where we left off for like the third time. And so I told him, I said, you know, when this happens, you know, there's something we know that God is saying something. And it feels so good to me to bring it all the way back to speed because I'm proud seeing this this man here representing, he's representing Philadelphia in a very good way. He's always saying, like he told my husband, she's a good girl. This wasn't no round away girl. She was always a good girl. We just looked out for her, you know, the, the guys in the neighborhood. She was just one of the little girls growing up and whatnot. And he was telling my son when he found out my son was homeschooled, he said, I wouldn't expect nothing else from your mother. Your mother was always bright and intelligent. Well, guess what? I can say the same thing about him. He's one guy that I've never known of any type of trouble. He was always very respectable, always carried himself in an honorable way. And so I'm proud that I have another part of Philadelphia here to represent. And I don't know what all, you know, we're talking about, you know, getting our boys together and things like that. Um, I'm a pop up on his mother-in-law one day. I got to I got to go see her, especially now. But I know that something amazing is in the works and I am so excited. And so that is my message to the enemy today. I'm sitting here in this chair and chair and I'm podcasting today because I'm sending a message to him as always loud and clear, loud and strong. You cannot stop this. You cannot stop me. You're already defeated. You might as well give it up. You might as well stop trying because the stock that I'm made of, not just you know, Philadelphia, not just, you know, Christianity. I know who I am. I know who I belong to. Um, I come from a strong ancestral line, a strong lineage, strong women. I come from, my father used to remind me of that. You come from strong women and to take it even a little bit further 
all of the different lineages that are mixed in me. Now, I had nothing to do with that, but guess what? I'm proud of it all. I even know, as I said before, some of the history and how it came about with my grandparents. Listen, I am not responsible for what people did in their lives, but I am a product of it. And so my family came from Italy to Cuba. My grandmother's maiden name is Talaferio. That's an Italian name. They came from Italy to Cuba to West Virginia, where my grandmother met her husband, who was Asian and black and Caucasian. And then on my father's side, my grandfather, my real biological grandfather, his birth certificate, which I've seen it for myself, he's listed as a mulatto and he has Indian and all of this other stuff. And of course, I'm black. I proudly, proudly embrace it all because guess what? Like you, I have a creator. He knows what he was doing. He knows what he wanted. Everywhere we go, right, Christian? You're you're still here, so I might as well bring you back in. Um, everywhere we go, people are trying to figure out why are you laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you you were gonna leave, and so since you didn't, you can't, because now you're on the inside of the closet. But you know, everywhere we go, people are trying to figure out our nationality. So what are some of the things that people say to us? Well, from my mother, they think <laughs> that she's Indian for the most part. And uh, most people come up to me and say that I look Ethiopian. Mm-hmm. And they say, y'all definitely native. Or, Where are you from? I get that all the time. Where are you from? I have people talking to me in other languages thinking I'm from their countries and stuff. And I'm like, what, wait, what, (laughs) what? I don't understand. They're like, that's not your language. You look like the, you know, so listen, I am proud. I am so proud to be who God has created me to be. And guess what? I'm always going to be that person and only going to get better and better and better. Right, Christian? We're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. No no matter how the enemy tries to come and knock me down, I'm going to keep getting up. It's like, devil, give it up. You can't win. And so somebody needs to grab hold of that message today. Right, Christian? I'm going to ask you to why are you laughing? You just keep saying right, Christian. Because <laughs> you're here. I don't have to be like I'm talking to myself. I'm trying to end this now. What I wanted to do, and you probably put the phone down, I wanted to just kind of end it on a little bit of your milkshakes. Boy, I sure wish I had one right now. But I have enjoyed having you here today, son. Thank you so much for uh, sharing about your works I hope that people will go out and support this great work. And I'm, these aren't little books either. The average pages, I'm looking at like 160 plus, 170 plus. He has put a lot of work. You can go ahead and put it on. He's put a lot of work into these books. So you can go on Amazon and look up a Roundhouse by Christian D. Johnson. Thank you, son. It was my pleasure.